Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Harbage, your host, joined by none other than that professional prognosticator, my good friend and co-host, Brandon Noe. Brandon, how you doing today, man? I'm not doing half bad myself, Mark. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. I've been going through withdrawal about the last day or so, man. I, you know, without being able to watch a game in the last 24 hours, it's it's been serious withdrawal. I know. I mean, even though football was on enough to fill the gaps, it still felt like something was missing with playoff baseball, taking this weird little break. Exactly. I mean, come on, let's face it, dude. Here we are, where it's one of the most exciting times ever. Whether you like the brackets or not, as far as just being indulged watching baseball game after baseball game, it has been exciting. A lot of good stuff going on. But we'll get in that here in a second. So, man, yeah, it has been unbelievable. And, of course, us living here in Florida, we got a lot of things to, to look forward to and the things that have come. The Stanley Cup, wow. You know, we just had that. We, and we're looking at two teams here in, uh, in two different divisions heading toward the World Series. So between the, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Miami Marlins, it's nothing but excitement. Yeah, and we even have, for basketball fans out there, you even have the Heat in the finals. So it's oh, not yeah. a bad time to be a, a fan in Florida. I saw that last night. It was so embarrassing to the Lakers. They walked off the floor before the game was over. <laughs> anyway, well, anyway, enough about those other sports. Let's talk about the important thing, baseball, right now. So, looking at what happened with the wild card, boys and girls, what we had was a mix of 16 teams. And I'm not going to break down everything about how that wild card worked because I think most of you already know that at this point. We're going to dig into the, the games that, that came up to this wild card. And, Brandon, I'd kind of like to take a look first, since we were talking local, take a look at what happened with the American League wild card between the number one seed and the number eight seed, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Blue Jays. Yeah, that was, selfishly for us, a really fun series because we, we swept out the Blue Jays. But we kind of talked about it the other day on the, our special Rays Up show to where it was sort of like a learning experience more for the Jays. And you could tell that because they didn't look all that great. They made a bunch of errors. Even Ryu, their their ace, he didn't do it good. He only asked, lasted an inning in two-thirds, even up seven runs. And, of and course, then, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, please. No, and go then, ahead. Then you have Blake, don't call me Ian Snell. He, he looked like his Cy Young self from a few years ago, and – Glass now, he looked great as well in game two, and that really just shut the door on the Jays. It was just, I mean, it was just outstanding. I, I love still looking at the Jays because I know they're a young team, and we'll, I'm sure we'll see more of them in, in years to come. And they got a, a lot of good talent and is definitely being you know, developed there. But like you've seen, the first game we're looking at that, what was it? So that was a three-to-one game, and the second game was, what, did we end? what was the final score on that? I Eight thought to I two. Had Eight to two, wow. So, yeah, they, they beat him handily. Poor Ryu. I felt bad for him. Yeah, Ryu, didn't, he didn't last very long, only inning two-thirds, and then they just imploded really quickly, which was the even more surprising part. But, yeah, one and two-thirds innings and resulted in eight hits and seven runs. I talk about a real head-scratcher. So, you know, Charlie brought in five more pitchers for the remainder of the game. And, you know, one of the – I think one of the most interesting things to watch was Randy Rosarina. For the Rays, he was like four out of three at the plate and uh, plus a walk. I think he br- came in. He brought in two runs and an RBI, I think, in that game, too, if I re- remember correctly. 
Yeah, he's been one of those guys that's been a really nice surprise for the Rays and a pickup that kind of went under the radar, it feels like, at the deadline. And he's a little bit quiet during the regular season. He had his moments where he would really show up and picked a pretty good time this past week to show up during the wild card. Well, the Rays are very fortunate to have him, I'll say that much. Yeah. Then as we take a look at another wild card was Cleveland and the Yankees. And a lot of people felt like maybe this is a bit of a mismatch, the Yankees being who they are in Cleveland. Of course, you could probably say that with the Yankees, with what some people think about the Rays. But that was it was pretty good. I mean, if you that game one, game one's exciting because they had Garrett Cole there. It's, that's always exciting to see what he can do. And then Cleveland Indians with Shane Bieber, who I expected a whole lot more of too. That was that was an interesting game with the Yankees winning twelve to three. Yeah, game one was, I thought it was going to be a pitcher's duel with Cole and Bieber. And, I mean, I was eating dinner and I come back and Yankees are already pulled away and Bieber's gone. I mean, he didn't even last five innings, giving up seven runs. And this is a guy we both thought was going to be the, the hands-down Cy Young in the AL and just laid an egg. Yeah, definitely was scratching my head on that one too. And you look at Cole, what? He's in there in seven innings, and he comes in with 13 strikeouts. I don't say I expected necessarily 13 from Bieber, but I would expect at least 10. And I would not expect the non-performance that we saw from him on game one. So that was kind of sad. Yeah, and the whole Indians pitching staff, to be honest, was very disappointing. I mean, going up against New York, you know you're going to give up runs because of that lineup is ridiculous. It's basically top to bottom. Anybody can kill you. But they gave up. Not just hits and home runs, but walks as well, which will kill you. Exactly. And then game two. My gosh, game two was completely insane. I mean, there's all kinds of records being set in this short season, even in this postseason. But that was, I said, well, game two, New York won 10 to Cleveland had, was a nine, I believe. And I would say, welcome to the longest nine inning game in MLB history. Four hours and 50 minutes playing time plus plus on top of that 76 minutes of rain delays that took that game into like after one in the morning so that was just absolutely crazy nuts too yeah i mean i like to stay up late but staying up past one in the morning to watch a baseball game with two teams i really don't care for i didn't really feel like doing but and it didn't help that they delayed the game because of weather oh gosh. and then when they start the game it's pouring down rain I mean, come on now. Uh, I mean, I know exactly. It was crazy anyway. I mean, talking about it was very contentious. You know, you're looking like Cleveland busting it at the plate. They start out like with four runs in the first inning. Wow, bam. You see this. And, of course, rain delays in and out always hurt all these things. You, you got to talk about momentum, some of that. The, the Yankees, though, they only came back answering with John Carlo. He was hitting a homer in the second inning. And then Gio Urshela burst out a grand slam in the fourth. Ouch. Yeah, and that, that was so much fun because it just back and forth. And we have another series later on that we'll talk about as back and forth as well. But I mean, the weather, the good, one good thing about the weather messing stuff up is it did mess with the starter, starters a little bit, especially Tanaka because they threw him back out there. So that oh, yeah. at least one good thing came out of that. So we could see some back and forth action, which was honestly the best part by far of this whole series. It was indeed. And, you know, I've got, I think I still have that DVR. 
you know, but it was amazing. I mean, at the top of the ninth was the deciding factor. You know, the Yankees had it two more runs, and Cleveland just couldn't answer that. I mean, and the save goes to Yankees, Mr. I'm not on suspension in 2020, Araldus Chapman, you know, he closing out the last two innings and allowing Cleveland only one run in the eighth. I mean, now what we got coming up? The Yankees and the Rays will be facing off in the preliminary best-of-five game in the ALDS series. Yes, and we were talking about it all year, possible rivalries in the playoffs coming up, and we got a big one, two big ones actually in the AL, and it's going to be so exciting, and it'll really get the blood going, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, and you, th- you look to, as far as the recent history as these teams advance, and the Rays and the Yankees facing off later today. By the way, I do see that Austin Meadows will be available. This is being recorded for everybody out there on a Monday, October 5th, before the Rays game and the games this evening, so looking forward to that. So anyway, they'll be facing one another, and that's going to be, I believe, Garrett Cole and Blake Snell. And I also see that Austin Meadows will be in the lineup, so that should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting series because it's basically, like we said the other day, two opposites. You have one team that can put up a ton of runs and then the other team doesn't give up any runs. So it's like, which one's going to win out? I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk about that a little more later. But in, in looking at one of the other wild cards, the Minnesota Twins and Houston Astros. And Minnesota, what? They took the AL Central Division this year with a 36 win and 24 loss season. They were one of the, the Twins were one of the two teams including A's that fell behind the Rays in second position in the American League. However, this year's rules elevated the A's to the number two seed. The Twins, they took the third seed and were paired with the sixth seed team, their interdivision rival, the beloved Houston Astros. And they faced off in the Twins' home park, Target Field. And you, look, you look at what happened with that series, and game one started off pretty strong for the Astros with a 4-1 to win. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Let's see the second game. The Twins. You now the Twins pitcher Maeda. I always love watching him pitch anyway when I get the opportunity. He threw the first five innings with two hits and five strikeouts. Three walks, though, and no runs. Houston used only two pitchers for the game, leading with Greenkey for four innings and Valdez for the remaining five innings. The loss of the first game fell at the feet of one of my one of my favorite entertaining relief pitchers, Mr. Sergio Romo. He pitched two-thirds of the last inning facing six batters and surrendered two hits, one walk, and three runs. Oh, poor poor Sergio. Poor he Sergio. was a fan favorite. And, I mean, I'll admit, I was rooting for the Twins, even though they haven't won a playoff game in 16 attempts and now 18, which, honestly, can we talk about just, you know, banning the Twins from the playoffs for a little bit until they get their act together? Gosh, I mean... You can't just look at I mean, one. it's going to be... If they get back in there, they're still going to be hearing that story next year about how long it's been since they've been having a win in postseason. Yeah, and besides that, their offense completely disappeared. The only guy that contributed offensively was Nelson Cruz with two RBIs, and those came in both games. Everybody else just completely went away. And it's not like the... Minnesota's pitching staff was horrible. They gave them a shot. They were in every game, really. And it's not like Houston blew them away either. They, Houston didn't look all, all that impressive. It was just Minnesota just seemed like they completely disappeared. 
in my opinion. Yeah. So I, it, again, we say goodbye to the Twins, you know, and the Astros advanced in the American League as well. If we take a look at one of the other teams, uh, one of the wild cards in the American League, we look at the Oakland A's and Chicago White Sox. And to be quite honest with you, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to that series. Did you have any time with that one, Brandon? I saw some of it. I saw some in Game 3, of course, because it was the only game on. And it was a pretty exciting game to watch, a little bit of back and forth. But, I mean, to me, Oakland kind of just, like, squeaked it out a bit. Their offense wasn't all that great. And Chicago's starters, they weren't all that great as well. Outside of Giolito, who went seven innings, only gave up one earned run with eight strikeouts. Keiko, he didn't do all that great. He gave up three earned runs in his start. In Oakland, it was really just, from what I observed, is every time they got an opportunity to get guys across the plate, they took advantage of it. Because their on-base percentage wasn't all... was It was pretty high at 279, but their batting average was very low at 194. So it was pretty much like every chance they got, they took advantage of. It's, yeah, I mean, and, and that's what it took. I'm, I'm not sure where they're going to be with this and how they're going to play out with everything. We can talk about that too, like I said, once we get into the next level. And taking a look at the, he was talking about the next level, let's talk, take a look at the National League and the results of the wild card with the Dodgers and Brewers. Okay, right now, everybody looks at the Dodgers and says, okay, look, there they are. There's Mookie. There's everything else. There's this history. And the Brewers, why are, why are they here? Why why are they here? They had a regular season under 500. I mean, their record was 29, 29 wins and 31 losses. You know, Dodgers were over 700 with a season, and they had over 43 wins and 17 losses for the season. What, what, what does that say? I mean, my gosh. Yeah, and, you know, I've been hard on the Brewers this year, saying they've been my biggest disappointment, and... I mean, I'm one of those people that don't think that that doesn't like the expanded playoffs outside of this year, but hey, it is what it is this year. And at least they didn't they didn't embarrass themselves, to be honest. They didn't look horrible. They didn't look good either, but you could just tell by watching it that the Dodgers are the better team. I mean, Mookie Betts was Mookie Betts. Kershaw was Kershaw. He was completely dominant in his start. Yeah, it's just. The Dodgers just overpowered them, in my opinion. It's you know, well, you know, and, and Christian Yelich just has not been there this year. We, well, the expectations we had for him just didn't didn't materialize. And by the way, uh, forgive me for those little yeah. Microsoft notifications <laughs> popping up on my computer, <laughs> but that's part of the COVID nineteen not being in the studio. But yeah, Dodgers and Brewers. So I'm looking forward to seeing the Dodgers, and of course, looking forward to how they do against another wild card winner. The San Diego Padres and the Pod- uh, the Slam, Slam Diego. Diego, exactly. And we're talking here with looking at what they did with the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, this was one of the other games, the best out of three, where they actually did go three games. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, glad it went, I'm glad it went three games. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but this is one I wish could go seven games because this was a, a really fun series to watch. Well, you're looking at two really good teams, and there was a lot of back and forth. There was so much talent. I mean, to looking at seeing, you know, the uh, our good friend there, Mr. Fernando Tatis Jr., 
you know, he's looking there at uh, the guy who had to apologize earlier this year for for hitting a grand slam. And oh my gosh, uh, and got grief from that from some people. Most people say, "Oh, an unwritten rule." No, um, people who don't know what I'm talking about is earlier this year he was at bat. It was a sixth inning. He was uh, swinging at a three zero and hit the ball. Bam! Made a big big difference. He actually overran Trout's seasonal home runs. I think at that point, I think we had like 11 or 12 at that point. But anyway, anytime you get a chance to watch San Diego Padres and see somebody like Fernando Tatis Jr., it's exciting. He gives one of the best and most exciting performances I ever see in baseball. Yeah, and he shouldn't be apologizing. And the people who should be apologizing, or the only thing he should apologize for is for putting up only five RBIs because he was just a monster out there. And I was really impressed by San Diego because they came out and they lost game one. And then they fell behind early. I believe it was 4 nothing after two yeah. in game two. And with the younger team like them that's that hasn't had any playoff experience, they could have easily folded up. But they came back, cut the lead in half, and then they gave up more runs and were down again. They could have folded it in there. But they, they battled back again, and they just kept going, and they won the series, so... San Diego is going to be a very tough out, and this this matchup against the Dodgers, hopefully, if it's half as good as the St. Louis series was, it's going to be a great series. I'm looking forward to like like nobody's business because it, it is that's it's certainly not going to be something where San Diego hands it over to you know the Dodgers. I know that there's some questions about a couple of the Padres' uh, uh, health, a couple of the pitchers. I think was it uh, Clevenger, but I think he's doing real well now. But to me. Looking at this series, I mean, watching Fernando Tatis Jr. do what he does out there at the plate is amazing. You know, during the games, did you see that one where he's catching a ball over to get somebody out at second? The base runner is coming right at him, and he has to leap up to catch the ball, drag his toe, meaning Tatis, drag his toe across second base and throw all in one motion to first base to get a double play. Yeah, that that's just a, a ridiculous play, and th- I mean to do that and not throw the ball away or miss the bag—that's it's amazing, honestly. Well, you know he he did what he did, and when we're looking at homers and some of the things that Tatis did during this series, you know he had two homers in one game, and one of those with three runs coming home. And during that same game, I think I believe that's game two, Will Myers, former Ray. Also had two homers for the games. <laughs> Good gravy. And that is just, you know, knock your socks off. It's crazy. And Manny Machado didn't want to be left behind, so he had a homer that game too. <laughs> but it, uh, looking at that, I saw a stat on this saying that by having Will Myers and Tatis Jr. both hit two home runs, they became the second pair of teammates each to have two home runs in the same game since Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in the 1932 World Series. And I don't know if that meant everything or just postseason, but anyway, it goes, that is huge. That's not bad company to have your your names associated with. Not at all. Not at all. So Dodgers, you better get ready for your California rival. They're hungry and they're talented and they're seeking a feast, boys and girls. And I don't think it's necessarily a Dodger dog. So we'll see what comes of that. And like I said earlier, one of the challenges, you know, I'm, I'm looking at too, Brandon, is the health of a couple of the, the Padre starters, uh, Clevenger and Lamette. 
And I think that I'm hearing, at least Clevenger, I think you had some things earlier that he seems to be on the mend. Yeah, everything that I've seen, it sounds like Clevenger is back. I haven't really seen much on Lament, to be honest, but it does sound like Clevenger is coming back this series, which is pretty big for the Padres. I'd certainly agree with that. Well, let's take another move, move down here and looking across the National League and the Wild Card Series with the Marlins and Chicago Cubs. Woo! Wow. <laughs> There's another little series that got a little weird with weather. I mean, being in Chicago without a dome... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the rain came in and kind of uh, game two was postponed from moved from Thursday to Friday because of it. I always hate delays like that, but I mean, especially during postseason. But, but uh, Don Manley really kept his team together. And you're looking at the first game on Wednesday. Let's see. They, uh, the Marlins won five to one. And two of the two former Rays there stepped up into the seventh, each with a home run. It was Corey Dickerson. He brought in two runners with him. And then Jesus Aguilar, he brought in Starling Marty with him as well with his home run. So the Marlins, you know, put them up to a 5-1 lead. And Starling Marte, I'm not sure how he's doing it because I think he got hit on the wrist with uh, somewhere in the series. As He was at bat, and he looked like he was having some difficulty with it. I don't know how that went. And I believe one of the pit- their pitchers got hit too. I can't remember who that was. Well, the other thing was game two, you know, like I said, was postponed from Thursday, moved to Friday. But what was exciting was watching Sixto Sanchez pitch for the Marlins. That man is absolutely amazing. And when you look at that, he threw 16, count them, 16 100-mile-per-hour pitches in five innings. Woof. What kind of steel arm is that, man? I mean, it's a rocket arm, whatever kind of. I mean, that hurts my arm just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I walked around hard, you know, for a couple of days thinking, oh, my elbow hurts. But <laughs> just watching that guy, too. He, he's amazing, you know. And take a look at you, Darvish, for the Cubs. He pitched uh, 6.2 innings with six strikeouts, but then surrendered five hits, two runs, and two errors. And you, Darvish, is a good pitcher. That was just a really bad day for him. Yeah, he really he gave the Cubs a good chance to win. It also could have been a bit different because both teams had guys stranded on base, lost opportunities, guys being thrown out at home. And ultimately, the Marlins just made less mistakes and cashed in more. And the really surprising thing to me is near the end, it got a little testy with guys throwing at each other, yelling at each other. This isn't a, a series I really expected that from. I expected that Indians, Yankees, maybe, Blue Jays, Rays, yeah, maybe, but not... Cubs Marlins. No, no, that, that was kind of odd. I, I don't know what that was all about. Well, let's move on into the um, eighth of the wild cards, and that was the Atlanta Braves and Cincinnati Reds. Trevor Byers been talking a hot game for a long time, and he delivered. I mean, he what was it? He had like 13 strikeouts the other day? Yeah, he went seven and two-thirds. He only had two hits, no earned runs, no walks, 12 strikeouts. And as he walked off the mound, he gave the uh, Tomahawk Tomahawk chop, chop. Yeah. And and that didn't hold up so well. I mean, it took a few innings later and all of that changed. Yeah, I believe it was Freddie Freeman said he can do whatever he wanted. He pitched good, but they ended up getting the win and he lost. So he got the last laugh. Freddie def- definitely did. I saw that. I thought, yeah, that's, a, that's a stand-up way of saying it. It's not saying anything malicious or anything of that nature. I thought, that's good. That's good. So that's that's pretty much wrapping up with that. So the uh, the Braves advanced and the Reds fell back. 
And now here we are on Monday, October 5th, and it is getting deep. So of those 16 teams, obviously there's only eight left, and it starts today. Yeah, and we're starting off hot. I mean, you have two series where both teams absolutely hate each other with the Rays, Yankees, and, and Houston and the A's. You know, Houston's looking for revenge for, you know, whistleblowing from the A's. So, you know, that that could get a little testy pretty quickly. I also saw that headline in the Tampa Bay Tribune where they had Kiermaier saying, they don't like us and we don't like them <laughs> for the Rays and Yankees. So, oh my gosh. Just don't do too much talking, though. I mean, you got to back it up at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw another quote or somewhere. Somebody was talking with Gardner from the Yankees, and he said, "Yeah, you know, we're shame. We're sharing the same. Uh, we're sharing the same hotel here at the resort. And uh, yeah, I saw some of the guys in the hotel, and you know, just kind of waved and said, hey, and went my way. I think everybody's going to be okay because you know we got families here, so I don't think anything's going to happen here at the hotel. <laughs> I do. I have thought that is really awkward. That I saw you see it a lot in the NHL and NBA playoffs where they're all sharing these hotels in the bubbles." Like they absolutely hate each other out there on the court, and then they gotta go share an elevator to get back to their rooms. It's it's gotta be really awkward after a while. Well, so we got five games, and that's gonna be starting today, and I'm real excited about that. And let's see who else do we have rolling out here today as we launch in the next level. All righty, righty, we got the uh, Astros and the Athletics playing today as well. So that'll be their first game. Then Tuesday. We start looking at some of the National League. We're looking at Marlins and the Braves and the Padres and the Dodgers. And then, of course, the second game for the American League. Any prognostications you want to do on these? Any insights that you want to share uh, with with the upcoming games? Well, of course, on the AL side, you're going to see a lot of – you might see a little bit of back and forth, even though at least in the Yankees-Rays series, we heard them say they kind of want to move on from all that. You know, that was a regular season. This is a postseason we're going to worry about now. You know, everybody says that, then you actually get in the heat of the game, and, you know, all that goes out the window. Houston, Oakland, I'm expecting some John pretty much anyways, because, of course, we saw a fight earlier this year that we talked about a lot. Miami, Atlanta is, I mean, Atlanta dominated Miami's pitching staff this year. They weren't very good, but it's the playoffs. Anything can happen, as we've seen so far. And San Diego, L.A., that's probably the series I'm most looking forward to outside of Rays-Yankees, of course, because oh, yeah. that's our team. That's that's going to be a series. I'm, that one I might stay up past <laughs> 1 o'clock to watch if it's good. Well, an old man like me may have to DVR that and you know wake up at 5 in the morning and watch the rest of it. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, my gosh. No, it is absolutely insane. I mean, if anybody who's ever been a baseball fan, they got to love this time. They may not like, again, like we were saying earlier, they may not like the way things are set up, but – as far as just pure entertainment and enjoyment and watching some great teams and sometimes not some not so great teams play one another, this has been it. To get this kind of saturation of, after not having baseball for so long, it is huge. I mean, it wasn't the prettiest way to getting here, obviously, and even now it's still not the prettiest, but we're getting one heck of a reward for all that we missed over the summer and, and spring. Yeah, and just uh, kind of a note for folks, if you're wondering where some of these games are going to be played and being able to view them, let's see, tonight on Monday, October 5th, the American League games, A's and Astros, they'll be in Los Angeles, and 
That'll be on TBS. Then the see what else? Oh yeah, on the Yankees and the Rays are at eight o'clock, and that's San Diego, and that's also going to be on TBS. If we look tomorrow, let's see. I think the Braves and Marlins are going to be on Fox Sports One, and most of these looking down here, you're going to find TBS and Fox Sports One as the uh, places places where you can watch these games. There may be one or two or just on the Major League Baseball Network. But check your listings, and I think you'll be able to find something to watch, something to enjoy over the next few days as we walk or run or lead or race to the World Series. Well, that's it, everybody. An exciting time here in 2020, the craziest season anybody's ever seen with only 60 games and a very intense schedule. Looking at what's happening here toward the, the trek to the World Series, minimum time off, if any. Best way to get that is to win three of the five games that you have to play against your opponent. So we'll see what happens here. Starting off today again, we're going to be looking at the American League, and I'm going to be watching, of course, our Rays at 8 o'clock tonight, but a lot of other folks who are interested, as well they should be, will be able to watch at 4 o'clock today. They can watch the Astros and the Athletics. So with that, I'd like to bid adieu to everyone. Brandon, you want to share any last thoughts or any uh, any words for everybody? Uh, sorry, Yankee fans, but go Rays. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Brandon. Well, thank everybody else for listening. You can always find us on Twitter. You can find Brandon at the Sports Blitz one and you can find me at the Baseball Biz on Twitter. So please go ahead and send us anything you like, and we're looking forward to it. We'll probably have a bonus Rays position, a bonus Rays edition of an episode coming up here soon as well. But until then, Thank you all very much for joining us, and we look forward to talking with you real soon. Special thanks to X-Take RUX for rocking forward music.